the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. Thank you for choosing 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids for Kids. My name is Maria Katz and I am your host for today. Coming up on Hi Kids today, I'm going to be interviewing Cindy Price. She is the general manager at Animal Anti-Cruelty League in Johannesburg. So just stay tuned to 101.9 Hi FM to find out more about the Animal Anti-Cruelty League. Get ready for a very exciting show on Hi Kids today. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Maria Katz and I'm 12 years old. Good afternoon, Cindy. Good afternoon and shalom, Bruria. Thank you. Um, I'm very excited to learn about more what you do. So can you tell us what Poor Academy is? Poor Academy is um, an initiative with our community. And we want to upskill our community and teach them about uh, responsible pet ownership, which includes learning about dogs, how to handle dogs, how to be safe around dogs, dog bite prevention, um, and also learning the opportunities there are w- working with dogs um, if people want to do that in their future. Um, we, we want our staff to be upskilled, so they're learning breed identification, basic handling. Our volunteers are also learning basic handling of dogs and cats, and this does include cats as well. And obviously we want to inspire our youth um, to respect animals and people as well. That's very important. Long term, uh, we're looking at a literacy program. Not everyone wants to work with animals, but in a safe space they can read to cats or have a story read to them around animals and just um, appreciate animals are part of our universe and our, our community. Do you think that a cat hearing a story makes a difference to their life? Can they understand what's going on in the story? They, they may not know the, understand the story, but it's the fact that you, you're interacting with a cat. You, you, um, on a different level with a cat. Um, cats respond to, to people and their emotions. And, um, I think that just reinforces the human animal bond, even with cats. So it's not exactly doing it for the pleasure of the cat. It's more for developing a connection between you and your pet it is but it's also giving you a way to to learn how to read to become better at reading in a non-judgmental way because the cat's not judging you the cat just likes that you're talking to it. it it doesn't know the story but it helps you to to be able to talk freely to to emphasize what you emphasize in your story without anyone actually judging you and i think that's important with literacy programs um people don't read enough um, they're not encouraged to read, and often if they read, they they are ridiculed because they can't say the words properly. They don't understand what they're reading, and this just helps them to gain confidence with a non-judgmental little creature. And then in their classroom, they will hopefully be strong enough to go and and perform in front of a class. Reading is amazing; it really teaches Absolutely. you a lot. Yes, and it's if you if you had a bad day or something, it's a good way to just get out of your own mind and just lose yourself and actually have a good time. Absolutely, and and you become a character in a story, and it develops, and it's your your mind goes places. You create pictures in your mind, and it's it's the most wonderful skill we can actually d- get and gain, and and um, really appreciate reading because you can learn about so many things in the world. It's true. You can read about anything that you're interested in, and you can really learn a lot. Absolutely, and and the internet's an amazing tool because at a click of a button, you've got information. It's not having to even go to a library anymore. Everything is right in front of you. 
when used properly, definitely the internet can be very useful. Absolutely. And, you know, be very careful about information on the internet as well, because as much as there is very good pet care information and responsible pet ownership information on the, on the internet, there's also very bad. People use Dr. Google as, as a way not to go to vets, and that's not a great thing. You, you, your first choice is always go to the professional first. Don't leave it to the last minute and, and don't leave it to Dr. Google. Definitely. Uh, it's, it's very hard for, like a the computer to know exactly what you're describing. If you're not a doctor, you can't say, um, I think my pet has this and this, and then the computer can say to you, give it this. But if you describe it wrong, then it can tell you to give the wrong medicine or do the wrong thing to your pet. Absolutely, and that can be very, very costly and deadly for your pet in the long run because you, you can misdiagnose a simple thing and you can create all sorts of problems for your vet because you've given it paracetamol and you've now basically killed your pet so get to the vet first and and that's your first port of call always and you know with the poor academy it's it's those sort of basic skills um handling of an animal is the animal's behavior different today to yesterday is it eating is it drinking um has it gone to the toilet is it normal colors it's those sort of basic recognition skills that help you to become a better better pet owner because you know if your pet's sick or not if it doesn't eat why isn't eating what has it eaten before um poisonings are, are again unfortunately raised their ugly heads so you know is there a chance the pet was poisoned what sign is it showing and these sort of skills that we can impart to our staff and to our volunteers is so much part of the core of of the poor academy and with a company like Elanco on board as well you know that helps us to um, promote our education of our children and um, that's a very nice exciting part we we have is um, our education center we're going to be opening soon and Elanco's on board, and it's a fantastic company. They do their, their staff initiative um, in October with us, and they also interact with the animals because it's important that adults also interact with children, with, with, the, with children, but also with, with the animals in our care because our pets need to interact with children, adults, teenagers across the spectrum because that's, that's ideally we want to make them more adoptable. So is Poor Academy a bit like a shelter for animals? Poor Academy is more training arm of the of the actual shelter. We instead of just looking at the health and welfare animal, we're now looking at the the mental aspect, um, not just the physical aspect. We're looking at how this animal is interacting in its environment, um, the sort of scope of the animal. Does it have the potential for extra training? Um, how is it best suited for owners? You know, um, if you're a little old lady, maybe you don't need a shepherd. Maybe you need a pug. But maybe the pug is too silly for you and you're an active pensioner and maybe you want a shepherd that can take you for walks. It's about finding out the skill sets of the animals and how best to marry them to the people who want to adopt the pets as well. So would you advise people about what dog to get according to their requirements? Absolutely. That's very important. What do the people expect out of the dog? What can the people put into the dog? If they're working all day, they do not need an active dog because that dog will, it's a working animal. It needs drive. It needs um, something to do. And if you can't give it something to do, it's going to find something to do and probably destroy your house. So if you if you not at, at home all day and you're working, maybe a fish, a bird, even a cat is more, more independent and can do without that much company, but it, it's about what what you want to get out of a relationship with a pet as well. You know, pets are social creatures as people are, so it is important to be able to spend time, good quality time, um, with with the pets as well. And we will always try and fit people in pets and make sure that both are happy. Um, it's pointless insisting on a German Shepherd if you don't have the time or energy or interest in the Shepherd. Definitely not. If you don't have the time to 
brush a dog that sheds a lot every single day. It's Absolutely. not a good idea to get a dog that sheds a lot. Absolutely. Or if you're allergic to dogs, you know, or even cats. Um, cats are, as I said, independent, but they also require attention. They need grooming. Um, they need their mouths to be checked. You know, they need exercise as well. You know, they need things to play with. They need scratch posts. Those are very, very, very important basic behaviors cats still need to, to do is that whole um, exercise of stretching and, and clawing a scratch post strengthens and lengthens all their muscles. It gets rid of dead claws. Um, and it's, it's part of their health program as well. So, you know, that's, that's important for people to understand. It's not just having a pet and a food and a bowl and a kennel. It's also toys. It's a lead. It's interaction as well. You, if you're taking on to look after pet, you should do it properly. Absolutely. You know, research, find out what you can put into it, what you want to get out to, uh, out of it. And obviously we always say adopt before shop, you know, love the breeders. They breed properly. Um, and that's fantastic if you want a thoroughbred animal for the right reasons. But if you're just looking for a pet, there's thousands looking for homes and shelters. Um, and there's nothing wrong with them. There's just the circumstances have changed and they've ended up in shelters. So would you say you should rather go and buy a pet or get a pet from a shelter? Always from a shelter. I mean, these pets are, are tried and trusted. You know, we've, we know that when you're a puppy, um, you have certain requirements. When you're an older dog, you don't need all the, the puppy food and the vaccinations and the training. Um, you know, once annual vaccinations, general training is what you need. Um, and that may be more to your requirements. And that is what we're going to sell you, where a breeder's going to sell you a puppy and you start from scratch. And that's a lot of work. Um, and to get the most out of it, you really have to be prepared to put in time and money and effort to, to get that dog to the breeding level, to, to the standard that you expect it. Otherwise, they just become hooligans with bad behavior. Um, with shelter animals, you know what? Um, you get a bit of everything, um, a bit of Heinz 57, a bit of... Um, Love here, mixed there, and you know what? They just they add such variety to your life. So definitely shelters first. So not necessarily because of what they've been been through, more about what you need for as a pet. Correct. Yes. Um, people seem to think that animals and shelters are broken and, and abused, and you know need all this TLC and tender loving care and that, and they do. But the average animal in a shelter is there because his life circumstances have changed. People have been retrenched or they've lost their home or people have died um, or they're no longer compatible with the other animals on the property and that's why they've been handed in. It's not that they've been abused and chained. There's, in our case, we're very fortunate. We don't see many of those cases. Most of the animals are just there because the owners can't keep them anymore and the owners have done the correct thing by handing them into us. They've, they've been responsible pet owners. They haven't passed them off or advertised them in junk mail. They've made sure they've been responsible so that we can forward the animal on as a sterilized, vaccinated, um, with poor academy, semi-trained to trained animal that will meet the requirements of the new owner. If you're giving your dog away, give it to a responsible person. Like, there's no reason to make the dog suffer just because you can't look after it anymore. Absolutely. So find a responsible person to look after it. Correct. And if it's not a shelter and it is a friend, you have absolutely every right to ask to visit the friend's home. What does the friend feed? Who is the friend's vet? Um, are they going to be able to meet the pet's needs um, as you met the pet's needs um, before you were unable to anymore? And I think that's very important. Just because people say they'll take the pet on doesn't mean they're right, the right pet owner for that pet. For sure. And what about your volunteers? Do, do they come and learn about more about their pets or 
do they come and volunteer and teach people about pets? Well, we, we've restarted our whole, whole volunteer program with, with help of Michelle Mull um, and our marketing lady, Karen Nicklose. They've set up a, three new sections of volunteers, and um, we're in our second week of training with them. Where we're actually going to go through the basics with them. It's about handling animals. It's about breed recognition. It's about understanding animals' needs. And then based on that, we do basic training, how to sit, stay, heal, um, how to get the dog to focus. Um, and then once we've got the basic skills done um, and the people are working well with their pets, and it's, it's not about hopping between pets, it's about working with a pet and spending time developing that pet, we'll then treat them, uh, teach them little tricks, you know, maybe to lift their paw or down, roll over, um, you know, retrieve cell phones and car keys is, is a fantastic trick we can teach them, which is a practical aspect of, of training as well. And that's if the dog's really, really doing well with his basic training. Um, and that's where the volunteers come in because they're going to supplement the training we've done from our staff perspective as well. And yes, it'll, it'll help them with their own pets, but it also spreads the word of, of how to help other people with their pets as well. That's very interesting. So your, you. your, your staff would actually train them? Our and staff the, would train them. But and then also, the volunteers would take them to the next level. Yes, in a way we could do that. But also we look at the strengths and weaknesses. Some of our volunteers have specific strengths which we will, we will assess and then pass them on to specific dogs that need those skill sets. Um, so every, every volunteer is an individual as every pet is an individual. And we're going to try and marry those skills to really get the best out of that pet and making it, make it the most adoptable pet we can. Wow, it really sounds like you're devoted to your job. Thank you. <laughs> it's a fantastic job. It sounds it sounds very very interesting. How do you, how would how do you view an animal? Um an animal is part of family. Um but an animal um doesn't um it's not more important than a than a human being. Humans are, are still most important, but animals are, are very much part of our life. They're part of our community, whether they're in service as guide dogs, whether they're working security dogs, whether they are pets um, or companions to, to little pensioners. Um, it's their best friend very often. They, they form an important part of, of our life, and I believe we, we need to view and respect pets. Um, we need to have empathy for pets and this teaches us empathy for each other, for people. And that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, if you can respect a dog very well, you can probably respect a person as well. Absolutely. And it's it's about sentience. Um, they have a place in the world as we have a place in the world. And it's about everyone just finding their niche and their place um, and mutual respect. It really is about mutual respect and and showing care to everyone. Everyone deserves a place in the world. That's definitely for sure. You, in this world, you have a job, you have a place. Absolutely. We have a reason for being here, and we need to respect that. And also, I think you said something very important, that even if you love your dog very, very much, human life still comes first. It's all very well to love your pet and save your pet, but if another human life comes at stake, then it's not necessarily the best thing to do. Absolutely. You know, we're all part of the, the same world, and we need to look at this holistically. We, we're all going to interact, and um, it's part of the same world. And it's, and it's again, it's that mutual respect. We, we all have a place in the world. Definitely. So on that very interesting note, let's take a quick break with a song, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids, for Kids, by Kids. My name is Berea Katz, and I'm 12 years old. 
So we were talking about the people that you have to help you. We said you, you, you said something about Michelle Mole. Can you tell us what she's done in your business? Michelle um, has really helped us to upskill our staff. Um, she's come in over the last few years to give our staff training. Um, so the, the, the hospital staff have been through aggressive dog and cat training. Our inspectors have been through training with her. And we've done basic kennel staff training, cleaning a kennel, um, how to assess a dog. But obviously our staff does change over time, and we need to keep assessing our training of our staff. That's very important for skills development. Um, so this year we, we've taken a different look at, at what we want our staff to do. And they've been through four modules um, so far from about April. And we've uh, we've done reactivity in dogs. We've done aging and sexing. And, and in fact, this Saturday, we're going to a dog show with our, with our kennel staff. We're going to look at breed identification and typing. Um, and that's going to be very, very interesting because the guys will get hands-on experience with different breeds because obviously we may not get every thoroughbred in the kennels, but we get a lot of mixes. And you need to be able to understand the sort of the types of mixes, how they react. Uh, the sort of work they've been doing or were bred to do and how that will influence the, the people that's going to adopt. Um, and obviously, Poor Academy has, she's been instrumental in, in getting Poor Academy off the ground with us. And um, it's really been a great synergy with her. So thank you, Michelle. Wow. That sounds like an amazing, amazing work that she's doing. I can tell you something actually quite funny. I've actually interviewed her before. So oh, when you wow. said Michelle Moll, <laughs> I was like, Michelle. oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> Fantastic. That's mad. So yeah, well done, Michelle. Yes, absolutely. So what pets in Paws Academy do you cater for? At this stage, we're looking at dogs, and we're looking at from small breeds through to large breeds, the more mature dogs. We're not looking at puppies at that, at this stage. We're looking at um, adult dogs, so probably from about 6 to 12 months and, ol- and older. Um, dogs that are going to, uh, they're the most homeable, that's the most sought-after dog, if I can put it that way. Um, and they're also the dogs where... They've had maybe some basic training, but owners may have stopped or they've had none. And this is where we want to give them those skills to a cope in kennels, but also for the new owner to see what these dogs are capable of and so if, you, if it is suitable for them or not. So people would bring you their dog to train? No, we wouldn't train their dogs. But what, what a part, the, uh, an important part of our process is that um, we can now show them the dog that they're interested in, what they're capable of. And we will introduce our dog to their dog. We, 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 we ask them to bring their dogs through to us when we, we have an introduction. And we see how the dogs interact and get on. And that also see, uh, it gives us an idea if this is a good long-term relationship or not. Because people have an idea they want dog X, but dog Y is the actual dog their dog needs. It's actually what the dogs need. It's not so much what the people need. Because the dogs are going to be friend and they're going to interact in the yard in the house. The people are just a part of the, the puzzle, if we can put it that way. So introductions between the animals are very important. And people need to be open-minded. They need to understand it might not be the ideal adoption. So we can make some suggestions, look at other dogs. Um, or maybe just stop and just take a deep breath and then we'll look at it in a few months' time as well. So this is when people have uh, pets already? Yes, when pets are ready. So uh, they may have, say, Jack Russell's at home and now they're looking at a German Shepherd. 
Um, and a German Shepherd is a large dog, and Jack Russells are little dogs in big body, or big dogs in little bodies, should I say? So we we need to make sure that the the, breed, the breeds are compatible. That um, if it's males and females, they're not going to fight with each other. That if you've got two dominant dogs, they're not going to go head to head the whole time. You want you want a, a, a peaceful environment at home, not dogs that are challenging each other. So it's very important to know your own pets, know their strengths and weaknesses, and then see if that marries up with with the pets we're going to try and home to them. And if someone doesn't have any pets yet and they just want to get a dog? Well, then we look, then we, then we ask them lots of questions like, why do you want a pet? What time can you allocate to the pet? Um, what do you want to get out of owning a pet? You know, if you're a first time pet owner, you may have this fantastic idea. This dog's just going to do ABC and XYZ. And it's actually a lot of work you've got to put in. So maybe a German Shepherd might not be ideal. Maybe a little Maltese would be better. You know, if you, if you're not into walking dogs, maybe just a lap dog might be perfect for you. Maybe a dog, maybe a cat. Maybe a perfect cat will, will be your ideal companion as well. So, um, you know, whatever your family set up, we're going to look up. Do you have children? Are they young? Are they old? Are they happy with dogs? You know, a lot of people want dogs from a security perspective, and, and we're not into that. We really want family pets. You know, if they bark, that's great, but we don't home security animals. And it's very important that the whole family is involved with the process. Very often um, the husband comes along and he wants to choose the dog and he'll train the dog and that makes him the, the alpha dog and then the dog comes into the pack and then there's the rest of the family and that creates a big problem in that family because the dog does not respect the rest of the family. So it's very important the whole family is involved with this process. They all get to in- interact with the dog. When you're training the dog, they all have a part. They all understand what the same commands are. So the poor dog's not getting confused by six different commands as well. So that's also very, very important to remember. So would you would you say it's it's okay if let's say one member of the household wants a pet and they're going to get a pet and they're going to look after it and they're not necessarily going to interact so much with everyone else? I think it depends on the type of pet. Um, if you don't like dogs and your brother's getting a dog, I think your brother has to respect your boundaries um, and the pet has to also be taught, you know, this is my room, don't go in my room. Um, and those boundaries are very important to set as well because you don't want uh, resentment to be built up against this pet where the pet gets preferential treatment, not your, not your sibling. Um, and for me, pets are very much family decisions. It shouldn't just be about one person or one child um, because it's a very easy way to make children resentful that, You've got a pet, I don't have a pet, I don't want pets, what else do I get? So I think it's very important that it becomes a family decision if you've got children involved. And it's and it's it's important the type of pet you choose for your child as well. Um, a lot of people are under the impression that this is their dog, so they're going to clean up and they're going to feed, and the child is seven years old. You're really not that responsible at seven years old. Parents still have to take the lead. They still have to give you guidance and make sure you're actually following through. Um, otherwise, it just becomes a horrible chore for this child, and they, they're going to hate the dog for it. So it, it really is a family thing, and everyone should be involved with it. It's definitely a lot of work for one person to take on to look after the dog. Because there's a lot to do. You have to exercise the dog. You have to feed it. You have to clean it. You have to play with it there's a, there's a lot of responsibility absolutely he has needs that need to be met as well and growing bored and leaving him in the backyard is really not very nice for the pet you know he is a social creature and he wants to be part of your pack your family and can you tell us what your pet care motto is and why you chose this 
I don't really know what motto I, I, li- I live by. I just be true to yourself. And um, it's it's respect for everyone and respect for animals as well. So for me, it, my calling was as a veterinary nurse, and that's where I started out. So um, my horse was injured. I couldn't get hold of a vet, so I thought I'd be a vet, and then I didn't become a vet. I became a vet nurse. My sister's a vet, so <laughs> um, so it's 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 in my blood. It's in my blood, and and I can give back. That's that's the most important thing. What's the difference between a vet and a vet nurse? Um, vets are surgeons, so they do diagnosing. Um, they uh, they make the decisions. They do the surgeries, um, and they the primary caregiver. Nurses are supportive, um, so nurses are um, going to assist the vet with the surgeries. They're going to do the anesthetics. They're going to do the X-rays. They'll do the blood work. Um, so in an emergency. You know, they will be setting up the drips. They'll do all the emergency care. They'll be doing the patient care, the feeding, the the wound dressing, all those sort of things. Um, the, that supportive role is very important for veterinary nurses, and um, it's it's a fantastic. It really is a fantastic degree, which is a, a career which is it's now becoming a degree, which is even more exciting as well. Mm, that does sound really cool. What? I'm sorry, do you sell pets in Paws Academy? No, we don't sell pets. Paws Academy, um, again, is more training. So we're not going to charge people um, for the training. It's it's part of our community initiative to uplift people and give them skills. Um, but with the, with the actual pets in our care, there is an adoption fee because that's for our services. That's for the sterilization of the pets. It's for the vaccinations. It's for the rabies vaccinations, the microchips, um, because that's part of being a responsible pet owner. And we would be irresponsible if we didn't do those things to the pet. Um, it would be irresponsible to allow them to go out unsterilized to continue breeding, which just adds to our problem of, of overpopulation and too many pets without homes. Um, and vaccinations are very important. Rabies is legislated by law. It is a, a zoonosis, which means people and animals get the disease, and it's a fatal disease. So it's it's responsible from our side to make the pets are healthy and your community is not at risk and they are healthy as well. And obviously uh, we, we deworm and we treat for ticks and fleas and those sort of logies as well. Um, and identification, a lot of our pets are stray, so uh, microchips, um, especially for dogs, and collars and tags for dogs and cats is very important as well. So when you say that you match up families and dogs, so you don't actually sell the dogs, you would take them to a shelter? We, we home the dogs, so we don't sell them, we home them, and the idea is a long-term home. Um, with an animal that is already settled into um, its routine and environment and is going to fit into that household as well. Um, and that's why it's important if you're choosing a puppy or an adult, you know what you're getting into because puppies are obviously me- needing regular vaccinations, puppy food training and that sort of thing. I see. So that's really interesting. Thank you. So how can people get their dog to be trained by you or get a dog from you? Um, go to our website, um, www.acl.co.za or our Facebook page. And our pets available for adoption are there 
are on the, the pages and the website with basic information. There's an AD number, and then just give us a ring and we'll tell you about the pet. And then we'll invite you to come and actually meet the pet. And um, we will be having um, the staff will be um, assessing the, the dogs that they're given to train, and we'll be able to tell you how far the dogs progressed with the training. Um, just bear in mind, we've probably got about 150 to 200 dogs, so not everyone's going to be trained, but we're going to start slowly. As I say, we're about um, a month or so into the pro- this new process, and we're going to do the best for, for these pets and making sure they're compatible with you when you come along and give you as much information as we can. We also have an animal behaviorist on staff who can assist with that as well. And you would give the pets the health care that they need? Absolutely, yes. It's very important. That sounds amazing. Thank you. And Having a pet is a really awesome thing. It is. Your family agrees with you. Absolutely. But it is a responsibility we need to be Definitely. aware of. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's work. Absolutely. People don't realize that. <laughs> I want a dog. You don't realize, yeah. you know, you have to clean up after them and clean your hands after you pat them and Absolutely. wash them and feed them and give them water. Sure. It's a big responsibility. It is. And a pet is for life. Um, your average dog lives between 10 and 15 years as well as wow. your cat. So this isn't a short-term pet. This is a long-term pet. So you need to be prepared for that as well. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you so much to my guest, Cindy Price, for coming on the show. I really learned more about pets and ownership of a pet. And it was very interesting. So thank you very much. Thank you, Maria, for having me. Such a pleasure. And thank you to my producer, Mandy and Craig, for pushing the big red buttons. Join us tomorrow for another Chai Kids show, only on 101.9 Chai FM. This has been Chai Kids for Kids. Bye, kids!